Ladies, gentlemen, pimps in between, as one Daniel Finter would say, welcome back to the Arsenal Cannon Podcast extravaganza. This is a episode, episode, that reminds me of that clip of, uh, I don't know if you've seen it going around, of of uh, Joao Felix trying to say EA Sports. He goes, he oh yeah, he hates sports. Yeah, I've completely lost my flow. Episode 169. Uh, this is we've done it. We've done two pods in a week. Well, we will have done uh, today, uh, which is rare for us. Um, but we are desperately trying to add as many pods as possible so we can get to 175 as our end of season drunk cast review thing. Um, so we've got a few more to go before we can get to that number to keep up uh, with our drunk cast every 25 episodes. Um, it's become a, a thing for us. Um, yeah, I'm joined by the man with the versatile name, Rob Bob Ber- Berthy. Uh, Roberto Mancini, Rob, what are you saying? Uh, I, I'm just pleased that you, you finally executed an intro uh, decently. That, that was our second attempt. The first, uh, I pressed record on the wonderful Zencaster service uh, and Alfie proceeded not to speak at all, even though he is hosting the show. I have um, no idea what happened. I froze. <laughs> I froze under it's the pressure. Stage fright. It, it's okay. When we have our big live podcast, we just won't be inviting Alfie. Um, but... I am well. Um, it's, it's a lovely day here. I do have my blind shut because um, we're going to maybe be uploading segments of this podcast to, to YouTube. So you're going to see our beautiful faces on the internet. Um, so you'll be able to see my blind shut. But it's a beautiful d- day down here in the southwest of England. Um, and yeah, two games to go this season, uh, but plenty, plenty to talk about. And yeah, I, there's also been quite a few sort of recent developments regarding Arsenal. So yeah, a lot, a lot to talk about today. Yeah, and uh, it's a beautiful day over here in the south, where the southeast as well. So yeah, and we're inside recording a podcast with a blind shot. Um, yeah, it's a, it's an exciting one today because we're not sort of bound by the uh, the sort of parameters of what am I saying. The having to discuss a match basically, uh, we've got a bit more creative freedom in this podcast, so we're going to have an exciting little uh, segment later on, uh, all to do with transfers, which hopefully will create a YouTube clip. Um, but before that, I think we'll do a little bit of discussion on Nottingham Forest tomorrow. Obviously, we've got some selection headaches um, given some of the injuries, um, and then we'll discuss. I think we'll do a little sort of prelude to that transfer bit of sort of how we think we should approach the summer in terms of squad building. And also we'll discuss the, are going to be the bigger news, um, the biggest news this week about Granit Xhaka's potential departure, which is looking more and more likely. Um, Chris Wheatley exclusive um, saying he's going to buy Leverkusen for 13 million pounds, 15 million euros. So that is uh, an an exciting one. Well, Well, we'll see. It depends what you think. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm quite hungover, so my brain is not functioning in the best manner at the moment. I feel like I say that every like other podcast, pretty much. But um, yeah, Rob, let's start with... Oh, of, of course, uh, Aaron Ramsdale signed a new contract yesterday, so congrats. I saw you tweet about um, it making you well up or something like that. Uh, the, the little <laughs> video he did where he talks about how everyone hated him at the start, um, and now everyone likes him. Um, so yeah. Rob, any thoughts on Ramsdale's contract, just quickly? Yeah, it did make me well up, actually, and I'm I'm proud to say it did. Because, uh, yeah, it was a very emotional little video, uh, very intimate. Um, 
you know, it's one of the things that Arsenal do much better these days, um, sort of fan interaction and their media stuff. It, it is all of a very high standard and that was really good. Um, and I think it's, it's easy to forget how much people <laughs> detested the idea of Ramsdale coming to Arsenal, including um, the the four usual hosts of this podcast. I remember there was um, some reluctance to, to get behind his uh, incoming move. But uh, yeah, we all love him now. So congratulations to him. And I think it's... Um, it's a great move, and I think any time I'm I'm sort of thinking about the goalkeeper position at Arsenal, I'm I I, I always just think which goalkeepers in the world would I would I really want to replace Ramsdale, and I always have a, a great deal of trouble think thinking of any, um, considering you know goalkeepers tend to develop um, much later in their career. Ramsdale is still very young, um, you know he's got all the potential in the world. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's so important that we get players like that tied down, considering their sort of unique um, sort of profile in the market. I would say, yeah, yep, I would say I would echo all that. Delighted that he's committed his future to us, and hopefully, well, I've I've seen Fabrizio say that Sec is about to follow suit, um, and that should be announced very soon, along with the uh, kit launch, which is supposed to happen very soon. I'm assuming we'll end up playing. Against Wolves in our new kit, um, which is exciting, I guess. Uh, depending on your thoughts on the leaked kits, I think it looks meh. Um, but we'll see. Well, uh, the, the home kit. You think the home kit's meh? Yeah, I, I like yet. the home kit. I do like it. I I'm like sure it. I'll, I'll like it more when it comes out. I don't like this season's because I don't like collars on kits. The away kit is absolutely diabolically grim. I think everyone can agree. Oh, on oh that. yeah, with with the swirly yellow lines. Oh. Yeah, get out of my face! We're in the Champions League, Adidas. Come on, um, the we should have just looks okay. used the pink kit again because we well, played in it black twice. Kit. The black kit was it's so yeah, nice. Exactly. Just keep it. Do you remember the days where we we would play in? We'd have a home kit for two seasons, two yeah, seasons yeah, running. Yeah. Like, I think it was. Uh, we had one relatively recently. I think it was, it was like ten years ago. Twelve, no, thirteen, Ozil. and thirteen, yeah. fourteen were the same. Because yeah. we, then, since then, it's been want a different kit every season yeah because we were losing nike so they couldn't be asked to make a new kit for us <laughs> basically um and that was quite that was quite common then to have the same home kit to home yeah kit i mean if you look back on sort of like historically a lot of shirts mm. you keep for two seasons um that 08, was much, 09 much, and 09 010 i think yeah much kinder to white. fans bank accounts but um they know they can make money through it so exactly and, and we make sense commercially kit, yeah. to do that anymore yeah. Um. Yeah, and hopefully Saka will follow suit, and hopefully Saliba will. And I've heard talk, I've heard rumours of uh, Odegaard as well. Um, sort of going down those lines. Let's talk about Forest tomorrow because we do have a game, and it's you know we're all looking forward to the to the transfer window now and sort of projecting into the future and how we all approach this summer. And that's basically what a lot of this podcast is going to be. But. We still have football to play. There's two games. We can still finish on a high. Uh, we can prevent City from winning it. It'd, it'd be quite a shame if City wrap it up with our with us failing to win against Forest. Um, if you know what I mean, like just them confirming their title win because we fucked up. It'd be much nicer if they win it in their own game. To be honest. Um, so hopefully we can go to the City ground and you know beat them. And they're obviously fighting for their lives. It's a massive game for them. Um, 
We do have a few injury issues. Gabriel Martinelli has been ruled out for the last two games, which is a shame. Um, he won't be able to add to his 15 goals this season, which is a great return. I think it's 15 or is it 16? Um, regardless. Yeah, and he was on track to break the record for Brazilian scorers in the Premier League as well. So it's a shame exactly. that won't be confirmed. Big shame. Next season. Next and, season. Yeah, it is. And... Obviously, Zinchenko, we assume, is is not going to play. We know Saliba's definitely out. Um, so how would you sort of look to cover for those injuries and what sort of team are you anticipating? I think uh, the team will be largely similar to what we saw last week against Brighton, if not um, exactly the same. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Kieran Tierney is deployed. Um, you know... It would be classic. It, it would sort of be fitting to play Granit Xhaka at left back in one, in his penultimate game for the club. But I, I wouldn't be averse to that. You know, the, the number of times we've we've seen him chuck there just, you know, to make ends meet. Uh, you know, I'll, under... I'll do it. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, under Unai Emery, he played as like a proper left back. And then at times under Arteta, he's, he's done the inverted job. So I, I definitely wouldn't be averse to that. Um, you know, he, he would really help us in the build-up, which our build-up was just catastrophically poor against Brighton last week. And that's partly down to the Brighton press, but also, you know, um, Kieran Tierney's role in the team, uh, as we spoke about Alf and I in the sort of uh, post, post-game uh, podcast, reviewing that match, uh, Tierney's positioning was absolutely bizarre. So if you're going to play him, uh, either make him invert poorly or get him, way up the pitch um so yeah i wouldn't be surprised if we were unchanged um but and obviously trostard coming in for martinelli on the left i've seen i've seen the shouts for reese nelson but i don't think you can deny trostard to start he's the guy that comes in if we we have an injury um so yeah same as last week but trostard in for me i would make that shaka change um anyone that listened to the podcast on was it Monday or Tuesday on the Brighton game knows that I was sort of losing patience in Kieran Tierney. And I think in, this is a game we are going to dominate possession. We should dominate, you know, chances and control the game. They aren't good. Um, they did get a point at Stamford bridge last week, but that's, you know, pretty easy. Anyone can get a point at Stamford bridge. <laughs> exactly. They scraped past Southampton in a four, three chaotic game. I watched, um, which I didn't, I don't think they were even the better team in that game, to be honest. Um, Morgan Gibbs-White is in good form. Awani's hit form as well. I've said I thought he was good all season. Um, I've had ongoing arguments with one of my housemates who thinks he's terrible. Um, There are some good players in there, don't get me wrong. Uh, Brennan Johnson, absolutely electric, great dribbler. I think he's uh, attempted more take-ons than anyone else this season in the Premier League. there are good players in there, but this should be a game we win. And I just think to regain some semblance of the system that we had in place, putting Shaka at left back makes more sense in terms of the inversion and basically playing how Zinchenko does, just not as well as Zinchenko. Um, and I actually think Shaka's not a bad one-on-one defender, despite his lack of mobility and pace. Um Potentially with uh, Brennan Johnson coming out on that side, you'd want Kieran Tierney, but I would, yeah, I'd just be intrigued to see Shaka in that role and as you said it'd be fitting I'd like to see Partey come back in 
Um, I know he's in bad form and some people will not agree with that opinion, but I think we began to see Jorginho's limits physically in that Brighton game. And I think it's just a natural rotation to make. And hopefully you play Partey back into form for the last two games. So is is that Vieira in the left eight for you then? So this is where I was going to throw a slight curveball and say Trossard in the left eight. And I think you can get away with that if you have Partey at the base. And I've, this is something I've wanted to see us try more. And I think we tried it for a little bit in maybe the West Ham game near the end um, when we were going for it. And I think Trossard is so clearly an interior player who who is much better in that half space than he is, you know, as a touchline winger. Uh, he's not got the explosiveness that Martinelli has. And this open, opens up an opportunity for Reese Nelson to finally start a game. I think he's done enough in his cameos and I think it would be fair to give him that opportunity on the left um, and then you ca- you keep the explosiveness out wide um, and he-, he can be a touchline winger Reese Nelson we've seen it this season um, coming in from the left I think he's better than he is on the right so that's what I'd like to see I think well, we're at the point with, where with, you very might little as to well play for alter yeah, yeah yeah that's what I was just going to say with very little to play for uh, you might as well try something new something a bit different and I think yeah, Trossard in the left eight is one of those things which I think we really should be considering going into next season. Um, I think upon reflection, if if we're looking and assessing Trossard's first half season at the club, all his best moments have come centrally. And even as a striker, I would say his best run of form was that that brief period where Inketia got injured and Jesus was you know just coming back to fitness and Trossard was playing through the middle. That was his best sort of phase. So I think that is indicative of what sort of player he is. Um, he's definitely not a touchline winger. Um, you know, doesn't mean he's incapable of doing that job, but. Um, yeah, I think Trossard in the left eight would be exciting and a nice way to go for it. I just think, knowing Arteta, we will, we, we will see very few changes, I think, personally. Potentially, but I think... I don't know. I just feel like he will rotate a little bit. And I just I'd like think, to be surprised. I think he's at the point where he would be willing to. Um, and we're at the point in the season where you might as well, given our league position... Um, and yeah, I also think he's, I think he was not particularly, I get the feeling he wouldn't have enjoyed that Tierney performance and he really wants to find a solution to that. And yeah, he was unhappy post-match. Yeah, and I feel like if the, if we'd had another centre-back that we were trust, willing to trust, maybe we would have, would have seen Kivy or a left-back in this game. But yeah, um, I, that's what I would like to see. And I think that sort of, discussion about Trossard not being a touchline winger could feed into some of our transfer talk and what we may need in the front line, um, which we might as well transition onto unless you have anything more to say about Palace. But I mean, it says it all that you've got our opponent wrong with playing Palace, Forest. Forest. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got nothing more to I'm add on, that, sleep. on, on yeah. tomorrow's game. Uh, I hope we do the business, but you know, it all feels very meaningless. You know, Daniel Finton's favourite word and, and yours really, you say it all the time, apathy. That is what I feel about this weekend's game. I still, I, I want us to fucking rail them. Oh yeah, I seven points. No yeah. doubt. I want us to look back on this season and be like, look how many points we got. Don't want us to finish with a measly 81. We we deserve 87. I think we should have tried to have got 90. I would have loved 90. Um, but, you know, 87 I would take and I want 
I mean, we'll definitely be Wolves at home. It would reflect much more nicely on our season if we were to finish with 87 than 81. Um, and it would be our second highest points total ever in the Premier League, just behind the Invincibles. With that 90. is mental. And that the same mental. the same points tally we got, I think, in the 01 02 uh, double winning season. So, yeah, it, that would be nice. And it would sort of uh, imp- enhance our sort of defence of this bottle job. Uh, uh, yeah, sort of narrative that's going around. Um, which, by the way, if we'd beaten West Ham, Southampton, and Brighton, we'd still be on course to win- lose the title and goal difference. That's how mental this City team is. So it's not, uh, uh, yeah, I don't buy the narrative uh, particularly. And also, it would go some way to sort of shutting up Gary Neville with all his clueless, dreadful takes. These saying we we've lost the title because Zinchenko, you know hoinked his car yeah we, we over celebrated against yeah. Bournemouth apparently apparently you're not allowed to enjoy last minute winners which literally seem like miracles on earth yeah I mean Reese Nelson I saw that meme of it was like Reese Nelson doing this when he when he scores the 97th minute just in winner just in case we don't win the title just jog uh, back to the halfway line Reese. come on I'm ridiculous prick prick um honestly he deserves to go on a free for that disgracefulness he has cost us the title by celebrating that that goal um i mean it's just incredible hypocrisy when you see all the clips of gary neville going mental and his united teammates you know going mental and then they go to win the title i think the crux of his argument was sort of that the premise had some validation in it if you know what i mean in terms of i think what he was sort of trying to say is that it was sort of a young, erratic team that lacked a little bit of experience and composure and the pressure got to them and they got tight in the sort of crunch matches at times. Um, But the way he phrased it was saying was completely wrong. And he said it was because we over-celebrated wins and it was just, yeah. Yeah, like too much energy and and crap like that. And I I just said it was his only point. Like yeah. it was, he was, that's what he he attributed Arsenal winning title to that, not Man's competing against a juggernaut, cheating, state-run, financially doped side, um, and not the fact that we lost key players at key times or anything you know tactical or just drop-offs in form. It was just because we over-celebrated. It was pure soft factor, and if that's yeah. all you can offer in your analysis, that is so lazy. And oh, it's, it's it is lazy. it is confirmation bias. I saw a. Uh, Tim Stillman say that he's he's decided that 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 would be his narrative like in like November when we lose the title and he's he's not Absolutely. willing to change that at all yeah and Martin Keown also called it out on uh on TalkSport and I I had a lot of time for it because we we don't see it much uh, even though you know there's there's two TV companies who pretty much control um the the viewing of the premier league in the uk and they never really call each other out and you know bt also offer a terrible service and hopefully this this new uh, tnt sports is a bit better but you know good on martin keown for calling out um martin tyler and uh gary neville for their their clear bias and commentary last week and again it's not something I, I want to dwell upon i just think you know 
it's all well and good Gary sort of having this song and dance and I agree there was there was definitely some credit in in his argument he said all along he thought City would go on a run they have gone on a run uh, and Arsenal likely wouldn't be able to cope if they did go on that sort of run proven correct but let's not forget until I think like January or February he was saying that United were going to finish above Arsenal I was seeing it in late February early March yeah (laughs) <laughs> we we were like 11 points ahead of them and he said yeah Arsenal will finish third yeah he, he keeps moving the goalposts for himself so congratulations Gary you got it right let's face it it, it wouldn't have taken a rocket science scientist to reach the conclusion that the second youngest team in the league might falter when the, the pressure really hits um, but you know I'm pretty much over it already. I think we we can use this experience and keep driving forward. We're not going anywhere. And all those pundits out there who think we are going to go somewhere, like, please start to do your jobs properly. Um, so, yeah, um, enough of Gary Neville. Let, let's uh, look forward to this summer. Yeah, let's discuss how we can get there and how we can close that gap. Um, I want to start very... Well, let's start with Shaka news that came out this week. Uh, reports from Chris Wheatley that he is indeed closing in on that move to uh, buy Leverkusen. Um, £13 million ending his seven-year stay at the club. I want to get your thoughts on it. How do you feel? I know Danny seemed pretty upset in the group chat. Um, how do you feel about it? I've got to say I'm, I'm very sad about the news. Um, I think it would have been really um beautiful to see him playing champions league football for arsenal next season after everything he's been through but i think on the other side of the argument there's something kind of um poetic about him being in the team that finally gets us back in there but then sort of leaving it to the next sort of generation of this team and sort of marking a real end of an era um, and 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 that that is what it is. Let's face it: the era which sort of Shaka has personified at Arsenal has been a f- fucking horrendous era. Um, but he he's leaving the club in in a in a pretty good place. Um, I tweeted the other day, and I, I'm I'm still ra- sort of racking my my brain trying to think of a better one in the Premier League in recent times there hasn't been a better redemption story from literally telling your own fans to um, F off to you know being the star of a team which almost won the title has finished second or not quite the star but a crucial member of that team and also, you know, he's put the armband back on a few times and everyone knows he's the leader in this dressing room and, and we're, we're going to miss him terribly. Um, I, I really do think we will. And it, it might not translate on the pitch, but I'm, I'm sure there'll be a, a bit of a hole in the dressing room at the, at the start of the season. I think one of the players we sign will fill that void pretty pretty much instantly. Um, but yeah he he really will be missed um he definitely his departure definitely changes a thing or two about how we approach this summer because i think a lot of people thought it would have been quite nice to have the safety net of having him stick around for another season but i think one thing we know about granite shaka is that he's not the sort of character who doesn't want to start um so fair play to him for for moving on and getting one one big payday and you know his his family are of course growing up now and maybe being in Germany is better for them. Yeah. 
Um, Andy, I'm looking forward to your piece when it comes about uh, that shack. Yeah, yeah, next week. Not. Next week. Nice, nice. Um, and I remember Mac wrote a piece uh, after he did the Players Tribune uh, interview, and it was something like from fuck off to fidelity or some something like that. It was very Mac. Um, uh, yeah, he's sort of been a staple of Arsenal. Uh, in the, this sort of era, as you said, he's been the one. He's sort of, if you pictured Arsenal in this period, you probably think about Granite Shack and the amount of articles we've written about him, the amount of content I've released about him. I remember saying stuff in like 2018, 19, 2017, talking about him, and he was so divisive back then. Um, and, you know, this era, in terms of the era, unfortunately, it's synonymous with us dropping out of the Champions League and spending that time out of the Champions League places uh for the first time in like modern football that we've not been in europe um and you know the penultimate wenger years the final wenger years and then the entire emery era the beginning of the arteta revolution um he's encapsulated all of it he's the one staple in that team that's been in that team throughout obviously you've had the likes of rob holding and, and mohammed el neni have been there but they haven't played anywhere near a significant role as Granite Shaka. I'm going to miss him because I do love him as a character. And I've always, always backed him. I've always defended him throughout the years. I think the first ever article I wrote about Arsenal that was published online and went on, um, I think it went on Just Arsenal, was about Granite Shaka and it was defending him. And it was when everyone was saying, you know, sort of slagging off. I could probably find it. Um, and I basically defended him. I have said in previous, in recent years, that maybe it's time to move on and, and it's a natural parting of the ways. Um, I wrote an article about that at some point recently. Um, and I do think this does sort of feel like another time where you could say this is a natural parting of the ways, as you said, led us back into the Champions League. He's completed his job. Now we can push forward and add a player who might help us go that, you know, bit further and lift the Premier League title. I'm not saying, he, you know, we came very close this season, but maybe that is an area we can upgrade, which is why I'm quite zen about it, to be honest. Um, as much as I'll be sad and as much as I do think he could easily have stayed and played a role, I think, as you mentioned, the sort of family, personal reasons, they've clearly decided they want to go back to Germany. Um, and obviously, uh, the fact that he may not be happy with sort of a slightly reduced ne role next year, we know what how big a character he is, and he's probably seen the likes of you know the rumours to Rice linking him to Rice and us to Rice and Caicedo and stuff like that, and decided it's my time to leave now. Um, and fair play to him, and I wish him luck. Um, and it's going to be sad and hopefully he gets a great ovation um, and sort of send off against Wolves. Um, but yeah, anything else on Shaka? No, um, I just think the the only thing I would say is I, just how remarkable a season he's had. I, I remember sitting here a year ago and most Arsenal fans were in the same situation. Little did we know that you know, our left back was also quite a, a big problem, but we looked at our starting eleven and we all earmarked two players as weaknesses. It was Lacazette and Granite Shaka. Um and Shaka has stuck around for another season, sort of reinvented himself and and done ever so well. And I think he 
I'm disappointed at the fee a little bit, but I also do understand it. And I think maybe if we were sort of floating him about on the market and we're looking for a club for him, we could get some more. But I'd imagine there's been an agreement in place. And, you know, Arteta begged the man to stay when he first arrived as Arsenal manager. And he did. He did it for Arteta. And Shaq has said that numerous times, you know, You've already mentioned that Players' Tribune interview. Interviews. Shaka has said how special his relationship is with Arteta, so there must be an agreement there. Um, and yeah, a little bit more money would have been nice, but uh, yeah, it, it will be very strange to see an Arsenal squad without Granite Shaka in it next season. It will, but we move on and hopefully improve the squad and hopefully go on to bigger things. And I thought you were doing the Shaka celebration there. Oh yeah, that one. That's what I genuinely thought you'd do that. Um, a little appreciation for Granite. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Hopefully, final send off, and it's a good one. Um, I don't really know what I'm saying today. I feel insanely tired. Um, but yeah, should we sort of let's get into to squad building? Let's do it. Let's do squad building before we say because we're going to say. Well, well, we'll get into that. Let's talk about without mentioning players what you think the key areas of um sort of to uh, we need to reinforce the squad in fucking hell i'm terrible yeah, yeah yeah awful i'm, I'm over so well, by the way everyone and i'm, I'm out of form i'm holding together the ship and i'm, I'm out of form. awful right i'm very out of form so for me the areas that need reinforcement are um Midfield, obviously. Um, if Granite Shack is leaving, we need reinforcement. And regardless, uh, our midfield is flawed. It's it's the one area of the team that I think needs some real work done on it. And I, who knows, maybe it could be the final piece of the jigsaw. Um, so for me, we need two midfielders at least. Um, I'm not too fussed about the profiles. I I don't mind the idea of like, a pure six and then a hybrid six, eight, but then a six and an eight could also work. Um, but yeah, I, I would like the, the former option. Uh, then we need another defender, uh, a right-sided defender who can e- either cover for Ben White or cover for William Saliba. Um, and then I think also there will be a gap in the squad in the forward areas with Reese Nelson likely to leave the club. I'd echo that. I think I've seen uh, conversations. <laughs> Keep the in the Shaka celebration. I do. I'm not biting my nails. Fuck's sake. I'm going to stop. <laughs> um, yeah, I've seen suggestions saying we need a, a left-sided defender and I don't agree with it. And this is how I've sort of... Uh, sort of phrase the context around our defence. Laughing, fuck's sake. I can't speak today. Basically, we have, at right back, we have, fuck's sake, we have White and Tomiyasu. We're disregarding Cedric. Um, Right centre-back, we have Saliba, White and Tomiyasu. You could play there. Left centre-back, we have Gabriel and Kivior. Left back, we have, I think, Zinchenko, Tomiyasu and Kivior, which means we basically are missing a right-sided player, if you think about that. So you have pure right-sided players. You have White, 
and Saliba, and that's it. And pure left-sided defence, you've got Kivior, Zinchenko, and uh, um, Gabriel. And then you've got got Tommy as the hybrid whenever he's fit. Yeah, he can play either side. Um, Which means you've got Tommy as the hybrid, and you've got two right and three left. Which means I think you need one more, and it needs to be a right-sided player. And hopefully we get sort of another, as we were saying, someone that can play uh, either right back or right centre back. We've been linked with Fresneda, who's an interesting option. Um, we've also been linked with uh, Mahmoud Simakan. Um, I assume that's his name, um, which we'll we'll get into. Um, but I think that's how we could short sort should sort of construct our. And then the more more ambitious link this week has been with Cancelo, of course, as well. Mm-hmm. Which we which may come up as well, um, so I think that is how we should approach the defensive thing. I agree with the midfield thing. I think profiles is really interesting. Are we going to go for a pure six or two players that could potentially play six or eight, uh, which we're being linked heavily with, um, or are we going to bring in a, a, an eight who's who is a final third specialist, who's creative, who's ostensibly a ten but can be used as an attacking eight um that will be interesting to see and i'm really intrigued and i i agree that we do need two um i think with shaka going we need another anyway because we don't know about the future of Partey. we don't know you know we, we know he's not finan- uh, financially physically robust enough um we know about his injury issues jorginho is going to get older as well i think it's clear that we need two midfielders i think one in the sort of just pre-prime um, age category, so like 24, 25, and then one who's a bit younger who can sort of develop someone who's about 20, 21. I think that's what I'd sort of be looking at. And then a forward, as you said, whereabouts and what type of forward they are. I think, as I mentioned earlier, we need someone who's a bit more explosive out wide um, because I think we saw... When Martinelli went off, we didn't have that with Trossard, um, and he is more of an interior player. Some people are saying a striker. I personally don't think we'll sign a striker, and I don't see that as a priority. People saying we potentially need a different profile of striker. People have been going on about getting a tall striker for ages. I've never really felt the need for that. I think people just like the idea of being able to cross the ball into players and, and they can win aerial duels which is not how we play anyway. And I think we're so close to hitting, you know, we've scored, what, 83 goals this season uh, without having that striker. I don't think, I think the way we attack is fine. We just need more quality and more options uh, and players that can do similar things to the players that we already have. That's my opinion on on the attacking player. Um, But yeah, let's get into it. So we're going to, this is it's almost a futile section, but we're going to uh, say all our predict all our potential outgoings and all our incomings, and we're going to say where the outgoings will go and the fees, and we'll get an idea of the net spend that we're going to predict. And can you imagine if one of us pulls it off like absolutely flawlessly? Obviously, it's not going to happen. We get all the clubs and all the fees; it'd be incredible. Um, but yeah, we're just going to predict Arsenal transfer window, basically, uh, very early on. We're at what, May 19th, so there's a lot that could happen between now and when the transfer window even opens that could influence stuff. But yeah, we'll start with outgoings. 
I want your top outgoing in terms of incoming money. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'd be surprised if yours wasn't the same as mine. I think that the, the top outgoing will be Flo Balogun. Um, obviously, oh, wow, a little eyebrow raise maybe means he doesn't agree with me. But um, I think that, um, yeah, it, it seems pretty clear that he's going to leave the club this summer. There's been all sorts of reports uh, suggesting that... Um, he would like to leave if he can't be guaranteed a starting spot, which, you know, there's just no way he can be with Gabriel Jesus is in town and Nketiah quite rightly still sits above him in sort of the, the strikers group at Arsenal. So yeah, I think Balogun will be our top sale. Um, he's an extremely valuable commodity now, um, having just signed up to uh, represent the US at the next World Cup and just in general at international level. Uh, he he really could become a real franchise player for whoever end up snapping him up. So I think we're going to bring in a handsome fee of somewhere in the region of £35 million. Pounds. Where's he going? Uh, and I have said Leipzig for Mr. Balogun. Oh, I can see that. That was a weird noise. I can see that. Um, I've also got, got him going to Germany, but I've got him for less than that. Um, Interesting. Maybe, I think maybe I've undervalued him a little bit, uh, given, as you said, he's now the poster boy of sort of American football in terms of their striking position. I've got him going to Frankfurt for thirty nice. million. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah. that's what I was going to say. I was saying I looked at their statistical profiles and they're kind of similar, so I thought maybe Frankfurt will sort of look at him um, to replace Colo Moana, who's been linked with moves away. I think is his contract contract up. I can't remember. He's, I've, I've seen him linked to Bayern, so I've got him going to Frankfurt. Um, but I don't know. Maybe maybe that Leipzig, you know going to be in the Champions League there, there's a there's more of a market for him at Leipzig yeah he's been, he's been lightly linked to them uh and you know I think that, that Leipzig lack a profile like that they've sort of had Paulson there for a few years now who's sort of failed to set the world alight and then Werner is more of a winger these days so I, I think there is space for a proper nine there um and then I, I do think Germany is his most likely destination um so yeah, I think any of those top clubs could be interested. I, I wouldn't even be surprised if Bayern showed showed a little bit of interest. They they look like they're going to try and sort of beat the market a little bit with their striker acquisition, like um sort of hesitantly linked with Ollie Watkins as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's interest from there. But yeah, I, I'm I'm saying Leipzig. Fair enough. I think that's a, probably a better shout than Frankfurt. To be honest, thirty mil to Frankfurt for uh, I've said um, Balogun. Uh, but I have our bigger outgoing as Kieran Tierney to Newcastle for thirty-five million. And I think I've seen such varying opinions on the sort of fee we can get from Newcastle, and I think anything under thirty-five would be like pretty abysmal. When I think about it, firstly we paid twenty-five million for him, so you want to make a profit. Secondly, he's homegrown, uh, so that automatically adds a bit of money. He's experienced. No, he's not. He's not homegrown. He's- because Scottish cut doesn't count. What? It's bizarre, but they don't really? count. Really? Yeah. Well, he's not homegrown. But, <laughs> but I mean, Scotland is close to Newcastle, I guess. So, I don't know. They're, they're, they're try- I think at the heart of Newcastle's sort of squad, they're trying to create this British core. 
to sort of resonate. Yeah, with the, fans the good old sports washing. Yeah, sports washing exactly. Um, and I think Kieran Tierney fits that pretty well, having come from Celtic, and, and you know, and so anyway, he's British. He's experienced. He's only twenty five, so he's entering his prime. He's got you know his prime years ahead of him. He really fits their style of play. Eddie Howe apparently loves him, tried to sign him for Bournemouth. We have to maximise what we can get from him. And they're and rich. Think, and and they are they have endless amounts of money. Um I I just and they've just paid forty million for Anthony Gordon. So if we get anything less than thirty five million, I think it would be terrible, to be honest. That's why I've got him. What did you have for Tierney or did you have him yeah, leaving? You know, your your argument is very persuasive. We're we we basically swapped over in our valuations of Balogun and Tierney. I have him at thirty. Um I think the injury proneness is is the only big thing there. Uh, the the big drawback, and obviously, and the fact as a, is, it's quite clear we don't played mean. many minutes. And I, I honestly, I only say this because I'm still unconvinced of Edu's ability to be a, a salesman, and I think I'm absolutely justified in in my hesitancies on that front. We haven't been a good selling club, even though there's been sort of mitigating circumstances. Um. So yeah, that's why my valuations are lower. I honestly think both Balogun and Tierney, a, a, a club like Liverpool, might be able to get a forty sort of million. But I'm not sure we're we're quite at that level yet of being able to sell that effectively. Uh, and let's face it, these guys also aren't like nailed on starters for us. That's another thing to consider when when you're when you're selling a player. So I agree with you. Definitely be in the region of thirty million, and if it's anything less than that, we just don't sell him because Newcastle have enough money to pay us a lot of money. Um, so yeah, I, Newcastle's the same destination, and I've I've said thirty million. Fair play. My next one, I think, is probably the most bold uh, and will surprise some people. I've gone Smith Rowe to leave this summer and I think the writings are kind of on the wall with the fact he's barely played this season and I know you could sort of point to Martinelli's injury season uh, and the way uh, Arteta sort of reintegrated him slowly uh, and he wants Smith Rowe to, to sort of show more progression in terms of what you're seeing in the training ground. Um and when he does get his cameo minutes, he's not really... I know it's very limited, but I just think there is no room for sentimentality if we want to catch City. And as much as it really pained me to lose Smith-Rowe, because I really love him, Academy product, I've been going on about him for years when he was back, when he was like 16, 17, and he was coming through and playing in the Under-17 World Cup alongside, you know, Jadon Sancho and Phil Foden. But, you know, there are question marks for me. And I think it's a potential, you know, if we want to sign some of the players that we'll get into, I think there's potential for a big sale here that could help fund some of those others. And if we were to get a good offer, I'd be very willing to, to accept it. We don't know where, where, he where, does he, where does he fit into this squad realistically? Chaucard signings made him kind of redundant on the left-hand side. Uh, in the left eight, it looks like we're looking to bring someone in to replace Granite Xhaka. I just think, I just, I don't know. I'd love to be wrong and him to stay and be brilliant next season, but I just, I just don't see it. I've got him going. I've got him going to Villa uh, because that's the only, I looked basically for a lot of these, I looked up the player and went on their news on, on Google news just to see who they've been linked with. And I saw Villa as the only club. 
So I've got him, and I, I think maybe Emery will like him. Emery's started to use him a bit at Arsenal. So I've got him going to Villa for 30 million. Um, yeah, you're shaking your head. Looks like no, nah, no, no. I can't. I can't let him go to Villa. I can't. I can't. I don't want him in the. Plan. It's going to happen. I want him. My predictions are going to be so correct. I'm not. I'm not selling him either. He's not on my sales list. Um, I do. I genuinely think Smith Rowe is too big of a talent, and I know you can't be sentimental about these things, but I genuinely think. At his best, we're talking about one of the biggest midfield talents in the Premier League. And I know we haven't seen it yet, but his profile is of an eight. It is. And the the, the problem is... Is he a good enough passer? Like, his passing numbers are not great. And when I watch him... I think he I offers us something. I see a brilliant passer. I see... I th- Someone who carries the ball well, who could arrive late in the I box. I think he offers us something and... different in the eight, which I think could be of use. I think in that right eight, which I think is viable as well, because I think Erdegaard eventually will move over to the left. Uh, if you look at historically how Pep Guardiola's built teams, he tends to have the left foot in the left eight and the right foot in the right eight. Um, I think Erdegaard could move over um, and then I think Smith-Rowe really does offer us something different. I think you can't just throw away his his almost telepathic relationship with Bukayo Saka. I know we haven't seen it for a long time, but when they came through together, they combined wonderfully well. I think the way those two could combine in, in those sorts of spaces on the pitch is, is still of use. Um, don't get me wrong, it's, it's, last, it's sort of the last chance, 100%. If he has another season sitting on the bench, he's gone at the end of the season. Um, and I suppose the club will just be considering um, are we prepared to sort of decimate his market value or not? Um, do we believe enough in, in that talent? And well, if, if you were to get a 30 million offer for him, would you? I think it would be very difficult to turn it down. And I don't think Arsenal would because of the way I've heard Arteta speak about uh, Smith Rowe. He, he doesn't seem convinced. There do seem to be these slight question marks regarding his attitude. I think the talent's there. I really do. I think he should have a long Arsenal career and hopefully he comes back to pre-season looking sharp. Um, but yeah, it's definitely one to keep an eye on. But for me, I, I, I don't see him going this summer. Um, so my next biggest sell is actually Chaka to Leverkusen for 13 million. That's your next. Wow. I do think looking at my outgoings, I might have been very optimistic and I feel like I always am every summer. But when I look at them, I can justify all of them because my next biggest sale is Tavares. Oh, you know Tavares, bad man. That's returning. not happening. Yeah. So give, give me, let me let me justify this. So Nuno Tavares is a good attacking left back or left wing back. He started the season on fire for Marseille. There were some problems behind the scenes, and he slipped down the pecking order, I believe, and he's sort of fallen out with the manager. I don't know. But the reason I think 15 million is reasonable. A, what is he, 22? B, Atalanta. I'm telling you, he's going to Atalanta for 15 million pounds. They've been linked with him in the past. As far as 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 I'm aware, their recruitment is pretty good and generally tends to be based quite off data. Um... And Nuno's attacking data puts him as one of the best wing-backs in Europe. Like, he is a threat. He's chaotic. He's poor defensively, but he is a threat. And I think I could see Atalanta 
returning this summer um, because there were credible links to them and maybe they'll do it. Um, he's young. He fits their style of play. He could fit Italy with that physicality. I don't know. I just see him going to Atalanta for 15 million and maybe that is ridiculous. It's not, it's not happening, mate. It's not happening. You're living in a dream world. the season, when, when he was really like, on fire for Marseille. I I was thinking he's going for like twenty yeah, twenty five million at the end of the season. But I know the, it's dropped the, off. But. The problem is he is a hothead, and apparently he's caused all sorts of problems in the Marseille dressing room. <laughs> like all sorts of problems, and you know when you're the main guy and you put Guendouzi and Sanchez in there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's just calming it down. <laughs> I, I unfortunately don't. I think we're we're basically just going to get a return on what we paid for him. I think we're going to get about five million and for him. And I have said, I, I think he's going to go to Nottingham Forest. <laughs> I can see that with their fullback system. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Aurea, five million. Aurea and Tavares. How have we had him for two years? He's played because he's because cr- he's not very good. That's, that's less than what we paid. I think he's we got paid yeah. six mil. Oh God! Well, I think we've got. I think he's got a unicorn profile, but I think he's, and I think he could actually be great somewhere. But I, I don't think he's a valuable commodity at the moment. After the second half of the season, so he's had. You're telling me we signed him. How old was he? Twenty-one. <laughs> he's depreciated in value because he's, he's an depreciated idiot. in value. He's an idiot. Two seasons of playing. In the Premier League and then playing pretty no, regularly. No, Daniel is listening. Club. I know Daniel is listening to this, agreeing with me. He 100% is. See, I always liked him. Uh, he wasn't the right fit for Arsenal, but I liked him as a player. I thought he was fun, chaotic. I'm, I'm, I'm great. I'm considering for the first time ever using my powers to to use the mute function on you. <laughs> You'll be laughing. You won't be laughing. <laughs> We're not getting I'll, 15 million. We're not. You laughed at me, but you're not laughing now. That's what I'll be saying when he goes to Atalanta. Let's move on. Let's move on. Who's your next sale? So I've got, uh, well, I had Shaka to Leverkusen for 13 mil uh, pounds, because it's all in pounds. Um, But above that, I had Pepe. Oh, you're not getting more than like, we're getting, apparently no one's interested in him. (laughs) No, no, I did some research. Nice are interested in buying him permanently. But they want to see more from him. That's what it said. Uh, I've got Pepe to Nice for 15 million. We're getting 10 mil max. Have you seen his numbers this year? They've been so bad. Yeah, he's got like, he scored six goals and got no assists. He's had a rubbish, rubbish season. I'm looking at his FB ref now. Okay. I'm I'm going to be the realist in this room, and I'm saying we're getting 10 million for him. But I think a different French club are going to make a swoop. I, I see him going to Marseille and joining the Arsenal band there. I think we're going to use our relations with Marseille, and he's going to end up at Marseille for 10 million. Nah, he's going Nice for 15. <laughs> Where are Nice getting 15 mil from? <laughs> he's he's what, six goals in. Oh, it's three it's non-penalty goals. It's, it's not good. It's not good. But I don't know. It's I just I, all I can think player. of is that if he's seventy-two million in twenty nineteen, he's got to be at least fifty. It doesn't matter how bad he's been. He surely retains fifteen million pounds worth. Maybe I'm being we're absolutely. Ten. We're getting ten. Um, yeah, maybe ten's more realistic. Um, yeah. Well, below that, 
we've, we've discussed Shaka earlier in the podcast, so we won't go into him. We both know that he's going for 13 million. Um, sounds like a, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I've got Laconga to Burnley for 12 mil. Yeah, that, that? that's a good shout. I actually completely forgot about Lukonga. I think he will go to Burnley as well. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's another loan for a season, just just because of uh, how little he's played for Palace since Roy Hodgson's come in, and he actually looked okay under Vieira. I think we'll send him on loan for another year, but I think if we get any sort of decent money, we would be foolish to turn it down. It, it just hasn't worked out. Um, my next one, incidentally, is actually... Oh, yeah, I think we're going to get 10 mil for Rob Holding. I think he's going to go to like Sheffield United or something. So I, just on Sambi, uh, we, we spoke about the Burnley link in the summer, actually. Uh not in, the, in January, uh, obviously he played under um, under company at Andelect. The company loves him. That just feels like a signing that they'll make. And I, I don't think twelve million's too ridiculous. Do you? No, no. I think we could probably demand more than that as well. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, that's less than what we bought paid for him two years ago. Yeah, he's so, a Belgian international with a couple of years of Premier League experience under his belt. I think we. He, he needs a lot of coaching. For, for, there for is a talent. Club there. like Burnley, who do have money at their disposal coming up, I think we should be demanding what we paid from. Yeah, that's why I, I I think that's feasible. Um, so maybe I've just overvalued Pepe and Tavares, but <laughs> Rob's laughing. I can't. Uh, holding to Sheffield United, I also had at exactly ten mil. Is that oh, the lovely. first time we've completely agreed? I've seen yeah, the Sheffield yeah. United links. I've also seen links to Leeds, but I think makes Sheffield so United, much sense. Makes so you could see him in the Sheffield United shirt at Bramwell Lane. Um, and again, ten mil doesn't seem far fetched for a twenty-seven-year-old English defender with plenty of experience. He's played in the Champions League, so fucking hell, yeah. <laughs> so uh, you know he is a good player. You can imagine him in a in a low block, maybe in a back three doing pretty well in the Premier League. Oh, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a back three merchant. He'd love it. He is. I well, actually, I, and I, see it. I now have no more money coming in. Do you? I do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear it. So I've got Pablo Marie to Monza. Oh, yeah, sorry, I had Marie. For six mil, because that's confirmed now that Monza have stayed up. Like We have got that six mil in the bank. Um, and I've got Austin Trusty to Rangers, uh, because I've seen that link going about. Yeah, but we're going to get like no money for him, apparently. I've, I've got five mil. <laughs> we should get like five mil, but apparently we're getting like, no he's money. He's had a good season. Yeah, in he's had a great I've got a mate who supports Birmingham and he said they've been, he's been decent. Yeah, yeah so... I went to watch him in the flesh and he was great. Uh, yeah, yeah. Five mil. I think I we should reasonable. be able to get, I think we should maybe even get more, but. Really? Yeah, I, th- I think, I do actually think there's something to the whole US sportsmen having like high high value i think at the, the attractive market commodities uh you can get good deals from having them in, in the club and it gets a lot of attraction so yeah anywhere five to ten million i think would be good business and considering we got them for nothing it was basically like money laundering um so yeah 10 million I mean, would be good given he came from colorado rapids yeah. uh cronkies mls team it, yeah it makes sense 
Uh, and then I've got no more money coming in, but I've got okay. some free, free transfers to reel off. As do I've got, I. I've got a shock one, I think. Have you? Well, I've got Nelson going. Uh, I think it's quite clear he's not mm. going to sign the contract now. Um, I've got him going to Brighton for free. Um, any thoughts on that? Uh, I had him at Brighton initially, but I see him going to AC Milan. He's been tentatively linked with Milan. Is they're one really? of the, they're, yeah they're one of the clubs named, and I think I think he'll look at how well Tamori's done there, and also Abraham at Roma as well. I think there's a real pathway for young English talent in um, Italy. Uh, so I hope he does that. And also, I don't want to see him in the Prem. It would hurt me. Well, he's been linked with Brighton. Yeah, uh, and he came on the them. other day and yeah. probably impressed them. So I've just said him, Brian. I've got Cedric uh, leaving on a free transfer. He's got yeah, a year same. left, but I think we'll, we'll let him go. I've just chosen Vittoria randomly. <laughs> Portuguese Vittoria. Team. I think yeah. he's going to go to Fulham and be the understudy there. <laughs> to Tete. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's feasible as well. I think we'll definitely let him go for free. Uh, I've got Maitland-Niles. Uh, he's basically confirmed he's leaving on a free to Everton. I've I've said I couldn't care less where he goes. <laughs> I I I struggled to think of a team, and I just said I could just see Everton. I could really see him in the Championship. He's had such an awful season. <laughs> such a shame because I remember I remember. I'm pretty sure there's a clip, a podcast clip on this YouTube channel. If this is on YouTube, if you're watching it, um, and it was us discussing whether we should accept a. 30 million pound bid from Wolves yeah I wish we did I wish we did um now he's yeah. going for free championship, really. <laughs> um and then what about Renard Where, where's Renard going Alf so I've got Alex Renard Runison going to <laughs> <laughs> to Valor free transfer I searched up Icelandic league table and I chose the third team in the league okay Said he's going back to Iceland. Uh, I, I see him linking up with Tim. Uh, Tim, no, not Tim Ream. Uh, what's his name again? He's going Will to Still. Ream with Will Still. Tim Ream is the full of defender. <laughs> he's going to Ream with Cedric, and he's going to go with Tim Ream under Will Still, and he's going to make him the best ball playing. Uh, he's he's going to play with Europe. Tim Ream and Cedric, and he's going to be Leno's understudy again. <laughs> yes. Um, and then, no, but seriously, in uh, Frank Lampard's... Will still wouldn't be stupid enough to sign him. You, you don't know that. Everything's gone very quiet on the Will still front, <laughs> hasn't it? We're not hearing much about him anymore. Um, okay, but seriously, as I said, Frank Lampard style, no, but seriously. Um, my big free departure is Thomas Partey. So I, where? Th- I think he's going to be offloaded to the Middle really? East. Yeah. The Middle East? Yeah. That's so random. Where? Where? You need an exact job. <laughs> okay. Um... I spent six months. No, I spent a season on loan in my player career mode at Etifak <laughs> FC in Saudi Arabia. I, I see Anasa coming in for him. Um, no, honestly, seriously, this this is this is my my genuine belief. I think we'll, we will try and offload Thomas Partey this summer if we can. Um, you know, there, there's there's negative PR there, um, and I think if we can, we will find somewhere for for him to go. Uh, did see some very sort of 
uh, in the no sort of links on Twitter earlier. That's why I've said Middle East, Al Nasser. Um, there is said to be a little bit of interest. Uh, so, yeah, I, I do see him leaving the club this summer. See, I didn't have that one. Oh, I thought there's just no way we're going to be able to move him on. Uh, and he just stays until his contract. It's a difficult one. It is a difficult one. I think, they'll, I think they'll do what they can to try to, but um, it's unlikely. I agree with you. Yeah, with the injury problems and some of his inconsistencies recently. It go. Uh, I have that made my total incoming to a staggering 171 million. That is not happening, Alfie. <laughs> I've got when it when it happens, <laughs> you'll you'll feel like an idiot. I'll clip this up, put it on Twitter. Uh, I'm just doing my maths. Speak. Um, you should have done this before. I, I should have done 78. Uh, a hundred, maybe I've over um, 104 plus five, 109 million pounds. Arsenal getting it. I even think that's ambitious. That would be way above what we've got for fucking ages. I know it would be. Have we ever brought in that? I think it's ambitious. We haven't ever brought in the most we've got is probably like 40 when we've got rid of like Iwobi and. Oxley Chamberlain yeah. and all that. Willock. Yeah. yeah. Emmy Martinez. Yeah, no, I see uh I see 171 million. I think <laughs> Shut up. You don't see that. So we're gonna get 30 million for Tavares and Pepe combined. No, it with the Smith Rowe sale, I think the only ones I've been slightly maybe optimistic on are Tavares. Okay, yeah, I see us getting a lot Every more other one. Million if we sell Tierney, Balogun and Smith Rowe because we'll get other money here and there like the Shaka money is guaranteed as is the Pablo yeah, Marie. That's 20 million right there already guaranteed. I think holding holding brings in money. Hey, we, we have 20 million guaranteed this summer already. That is more than we get most windows. Exactly. Big it's duck. It's going to be 171 million. Right, let's which will fund our exciting bit. Yes. Yeah. So, what's your biggest incoming? My biggest is Declan Rice from West Ham United for £80 million. I know there's been uh, talk of more money. I, um, I've i been following this one very closely. Uh, Alfie and I like to trust Mr. Transfer Checker on Twitter. Uh, he te- seems to think that uh, we've had an agreement in place for a very long time and unless Manchester City come in, uh, we, we've got a price pretty much fixed there. And I think it will be in the region of £80, £90 million. Pounds. It will be a deal worth a lot of money. Um I think he will be worth every penny. Uh, I can see him playing in both the six and the eight, primarily in the six for me anyway. I know a lot of people see him as an eight, but I really see him as a six. I think he's the future of the Arsenal midfield. I think he could be a, a, a captain of Arsenal Football Club. He's exactly what we need. Um, and as I alluded to earlier, he'll fill a crucial leadership void in the dressing room. I... I also have him as our biggest incoming, but I think he'll cost slightly more. I've got 90 mil. I think they are going to really squeeze every last penny out of us for their star player and their captain. He's their captain, isn't he, now, with Noble gone? Yes, yes. Um, Yeah, 90 million. I feel like maybe we could get less, but when you look at sort of Enzo Fernandez going for 100 million after playing a few good games in the World Cup, um, Declan Rice proven in the Premier League. He is homegrown, uh, English. Um, 90 million seems kind of fair in the current market. Oh, I think um, he's worth it. 
I, I, I would, I would honestly go up to a hundred for him. I definitely would. I think he's he's worth the money. I agree. Um, and I think we'll have plenty of conversations about him throughout the summer when we do videos and and pieces and podcasts. Uh, we'll have plenty of time to discuss whether he'll be a a seven, uh, sorry, an eight or a six, um, and how we'll use him. But my sort of bold second claim in this incoming bit is that we'll sign Caicedo as well. I think that is extremely optimistic. No, I've said the same. I have said the but same. I've, I've gone Caicedo with Rice. And I think particularly if we lose Partey, as you said, if we ship Partey off, surely we bring in two. Um, and I think even if we don't get rid of Partey, I think we probably need two. And I think Caicedo as I was saying earlier, fits that bill in terms of having one come in who's sort of just pre-prime in terms of 24-25 in Rice. And then we've got someone who's a bit younger who can really develop into a superstar. And I watched him against Arsenal, uh, against us in that Brighton game on the weekend. And he's just, he's outrageously good. Like he could become no, he's, something he's, special. He's silly. And like he was yeah. right back and he was brilliant. Yeah, and, that, and that's what I was going to speak about just after I sort of said the value and everything. I think this one isn't outside the realms of possibility just because he's... I know he has signed that new contract, but he basically begged to leave Brighton in January, put up a bloody Instagram post, for God's sake. The other day, he was apologising on Twitter for tackling Martinelli. He clearly still wants to play for Arsenal. Um, and I think it. I think there'll be some sort of agreement in there with Brighton upon the signing of that deal. I don't think he would have signed that deal if he didn't think he'd be able to get a move this summer, the move that he wants. I think the only risk is that another big club come in and we get caught up in a bidding war. But I see it happening for £60, £70 million. Pounds. Um, I think Brighton owe it to him after making him stay for half a season. Um, and Deserbi has been very open about the fact that they might lose Caicedo this summer. So I, I do see it happening. And I just wanted to sort of touch on that um, sort of right-back role that he played. I think that's what makes him really, really valuable to Arsenal as a potential signing. I think, basically, he can be that sort of... Zinchen- I, I've, I spoke about it, I think, on the last podcast that we need another player who can invert. And I think Caicedo can be that player, not necessarily as uh, the left back, but, you know, we can change the dynamics and start him at right back with Declan Rice, have them both in the pivot. That's a pretty brilliant pivot. pivot. And the fact that he can also play in so many other positions, I think it's a crucial signing and we, we should be doing everything we can to get it over the line. I agree. And that probably does rule out the idea of bringing in that sort of final third specialist, number eight, um, who we've spoken about um, and who I really thought, I thought that was the profile we needed last summer. Um, but I think Shaq has shown me that you don't necessarily need that um, in this team, although in some games it could help. And you've, you've got options like Vieira and Trossard who could play that role. For in certain and, and on top of that, we do also, you know, I think people forget that we defend in a 4-4-2. Um, and it's really important to have two players who are comfortable sitting in a double pivot in the defensive um, situation. So, yeah, I think Caicedo w- would suit us in that sense. Uh, and having him seen him play at right back lately has really excited me and also frustrated me because of the solutions he could have offered us if we did manage to get him in uh, January. Absolutely. Um I've said Caicedo is 75 million. I think they'll push us to that. I think the contract was purely because he was on like 
pennies uh, and he, yeah. he deserved a raise. Uh, I don't think it was with a view to keeping him in the long term. Beyond that, I think it's really interesting because there's so many different options. We yeah. spoke about how I'm, we think we I'm need a right-sided, uh, sort of versatile right-sided defender who could potentially play as a right centre-back or a right-back. Um, but I've gone for our next biggest spend, and I think this it, this was a massive projection, and I don't think this will definitely, I don't think this will happen, actually. I've gone, we will sign Rafinha this summer. <laughs> <laughs> You, you fucking moron, honestly. I said we'll sign Rafinha for £55 million. <laughs> You know, I actually wouldn't be that surprised, but still, I wouldn't put him down in like my definitive fucking list. I think Arteta loves him. He yeah. wants his sort of Riyad Mahrez. Um, I think he wants Rafinha. And I've heard, well, Barcelona probably need to sell, given their financial... Situation. Well, they get messy back, yeah. Um, exactly. And I've heard, you know, sort of rumours that Rafinha's not entirely happy and he'd be open to a move. So I don't know. We've also been linked with Diaby. Have you gone for another forward? I'm assuming. I have. Yeah, we have been linked with Diaby. Ornstein said today that was unlikely. Um, however, we're not totally sure how reliable Ornstein is these days for Arsenal news. Um, but uh, I think I'll, I'll take that one as fairly credible. I think Diaby would cost a lot of money uh, and we need to spend that money on the midfield. I've gone for a slightly cheaper option. Uh, I think he's had a really excellent season, which has sort of gone under the radar. I've gone for Michael Elise at Crystal Palace. Um, I think a nice, a cheeky £30 million swoop for him would be great. Uh, we all know how much Arsenal love bringing in Premier League proven players. He's picked up 10 assists this season. And he also offers us something very different on the right-hand side to what Bukayo Saka does. Um, I don't know if you saw that assist that he got for Eze last week, but that, that was trademark Elise. He, he loves playing these these passes from deep, um, cutting in uh, deeper in, in the pitch. And he's also got a great turn of, pe- turn of pace and he's a set-piece threat as well. Um, I think that's a pretty low-risk move. Um, and... He's one of those players who we sort of discussed last summer when we talked about Pedro Neto, um, who would come in and he wouldn't demand too much. I think he'd be quite happy to to learn from the likes of Saka, Jesus, Martinelli and Trossard and really ply his trade and and, and, and develop at Arsenal. Um, so, yeah, I would, I would like to see that one happen. I would 100% like to see that as well. I think that's a great shout. The reason I didn't, sort of think of it as just I haven't seen those links and I'm going what I'm predicting to happen and I think I think Rafinha is an ambitious bet because of his sort of pedigree yeah I know there's been no, fact, uh, as you uh, said he'd want to come in yeah. and, and play every game and having him in Saka is that plausible in the same squad I feel like the last few years we've always, we've we've had like about three tr- transfers per summer which we knew were going to happen way in advance and they've told us that it's going to happen and then we have one out of nowhere sort of and I think Elise could be that that one fair enough I think it's a it's a good shout um and it would be much more affordable but yeah I just I, I kind of still want Rafinha because I think he's brilliant uh <laughs> but it is it is ambitious um and my I've only had one more incoming I've only had four signings um, because I think we will keep Eddie, which means we won't go for yeah, I agree. I striker. Agree. Um, and my other incoming is Simakan for 20 million. 
I'm assuming you've got another right-sided defender. Yeah, well, mine's just Fresneda. We we were linked to him in uh, in January. It seemed like it was pretty close, actually. Uh, and then it sort of got pushed forward to the summer and he's spoken about the fact that he admires the way Arsenal play. But both could very, very um, sort of plausibly happen, materialise. Yeah, we've been linked with both. Um, I've heard Fresneda's a brilliant talent. Uh, I've looked at Simican. I've spent some time watching him recently, uh, in recent days since the sort of Fabrizio leaked that reported that we are we've sent scouts to watch him and we're interested. And I think he's a perfect solution. Like, obviously, this is going off small bits of you know small clips where we're seeing the best things he's ever done and the data. The data looks really good, by the way. Like progressive passing, progressive carries. Um, physically, he looks sort of not quite like Saliba but he can sort of replace Saliba uh he can come in for Saliba if we need him that in that right center back spot he's played a lot of time at right back as well and looked really assured in that team um I just think he's he's the perfect fit with that sort of recovery pace allows us to play in a high line and that verse positional versatility um yeah, yeah. I've gone Simakan 20 mil yeah I, I would um I would suggest that either one I would be delighted with. I, I, I don't see us getting a right-sided Zinchenko. I don't see the player out there. Uh, I think Zinchenko is so unique. Um, so I think, as I alluded to earlier, if we were going to have a player invert on that side, it would probably be Caicedo. Um, and then one more just to keep an eye on. Uh, it definitely won't happen unless we don't get either one of Rice or Caicedo is this um, Zubamendi guy at um, Sociedad. We've been heavily linked with him. Um, he is reportedly more of a Jorginho-type midfielder rather than a Thomas Partey, but a younger one with more mobility uh, could suit us. Um, so, yeah, just another one to keep an eye on. But I think the priority will be the two Premier League boys in Rice and Caicedo. I agree. Um, so I've got our total spend at two hundred and forty million, which again, yeah, mine, mine's two ninety. Sorry, one ninety. It's not. Um, it's not miles away from you. So, so your net spend is what eighty something million. Yeah, there, there is thereabouts, as is yours. <laughs> mine's sixty nine million. Uh, <laughs> Fuck it. Uh, <laughs> but I think that seems. I, I think maybe we've we've sort of inflated the uh total incoming money and i've just chosen not to be ambitious i remember i think Arscast did it a few years ago uh i can't remember which season and they got it so horribly wrong in terms of sales so i I choose to be a pessimist (laughs) you're on mute kelshaw my bad Uh, yeah i think we've we may have inflated well, I've definitely inflated the total incomings and the total spend, but I think the net spend of around seventy million seems plausible. Um, yeah. Any final words on, on this transfer section? And if you've just watched this on YouTube, because this is part of a bigger podcast, then yeah, like and subscribe and that. Yeah, and go check us out. The whole podcast. I mean, not like photos of us online. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying that. <laughs> any any final words on this section? Um, no, nothing to add. Well, that's also the last section, so I guess the podcast is over. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is. You remember when Danny said that? <laughs> <laughs> the pod- this podcast is over. <laughs> it just ended. <laughs>
Yeah, should we just end it? <laughs> no, we need to do marketing uh, opportunity of a and a song. Yeah, and a song. Gone. Um, marketing opportunity of a lifetime. Alfie's already alluded to it. I've got a piece coming out on Granite Shacker next week. Keep your eyes peeled and go to weloveyourarsenal.co.uk and read it. Great stuff. I'll shout out weloveyourarsenal.co.uk as well and the We Love Your Arsenal YouTube channel because we're going to be back in business very soon. Um, hopefully with this with this episode, some of this episode. Um, yeah, we need a song, Rob. Um, any any ideas, Alfie? Transfers. Um, could do. Uh, there must be a Jim Daly song out there on transfers. Probably, probably. Um, this is again great podcast content. We could do ice, ice baby for rice. Oh yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah, let's do that. Do that, and then. Right. This is our claim to you guys. When he signs for us, we'll, we'll use it again. When? Definitely. Yeah. Right. Well, that's it. This podcast yeah, is one over. A, what an abrupt ending. Um, goodbye. Bye. Yo, VIP. Let's kick it. Collaborate and listen. listen. I sit back with my brand new invention. Something grabs a hold of me tightly. Flow like a harpoon daily and nightly. Will it ever stop? Yo, I don't know. Turn off the lights and I'll glow. To the extreme, I rock a mic like a vandal. Light up a stage and wax a chump like a candle. Dance. Caress the speaker that booms. I'm killing your brain like a poisonous mushroom. Deadly. When I play a dope melody, anything less than the best is a felony. Love it or leave it. You better gain weight. You better hit bulls out of kid. Don't play. If there was a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Check out the hook while my DJ revolves it. I'm on a roll, it's time to go solo Rolling, in my 5.0 Put my rag top down so my hair can blow The girlie's on standby, waiting just to say hi Did you stop? No, I just drove by, kept on Pursuing to the next stop I bust a left and I'm heading to the next block The block was dead, yo So I continue to A1A Girls were hot, wearing less than bikinis Rock men lovers, driving Lamborghinis Jealous, cause I'm out getting mine Shade with the gauge and vanilla with the nine Ready for the chumps on the wall, the chumps acting ill because they're full of eight ball. Gunshots ranged out like a bell. I grabbed my nine, all I heard was shells falling on the concrete real fast. Jumped in my car, slammed on the gas. Bumper to bumper, the avenue's packed. I'm trying to get away before the jack is jacked. Police on the scene, you know what I mean? They passed me up, could run it all the dope beans. If there was a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Check out the hook while my DJ revolves it. Rhymes you can vision 
and feel Conducted and formed, this is a hell of a concept We make it hype, and you want us to print this Shape plays on a fade, sliced like a ninja Cut like a razor blade so fast Other DJs say, damn, if a rhyme was a drug I'd sell it by the gram Keep my composure when it's time to get loose Magnetized by the mic while I kick my juice If there was a problem, yo, I'll solve it Check out the hook while DJ revolves it Get out of here. Word to your mother. Ice, ice, baby, to